right, all right. Welcome, welcome to week one uh, of assembly required. Before we get into week one, just a quick announcement. Uh, we're making some adjustments here uh, at Action Church heading into the summer. We're adjusting our service times. We're calling them our summer service times. Everybody say, everybody say summer. summer. Service times. We're shifting them uh, back a little bit, let you sleep in to 9.15 and 11 at every location, 9.15 and 11. I tell you what, actually most of you don't change anything. Just show up (laughs) at 9 or 10.45 because that way you'll actually be on time for the first time ever. I hear so many people, they're like, action's weird. It's only about a 45 minute service. They do one song and the pastor preaches. No, we do four songs. We just actually start when we say we're going to start. So actually at all locations, adjust nothing, show up on time in Jesus' name. God is never late, but you often are, and so we're adjusting the service times for you. 9.15 and 11 at all of our locations, and then we'll keep our 12.30 here at our Winter Park location. Next week, just for the summer, we'll see if that kind of helps us really spread out our 10.45 service across our locations and make room for people to come into the room and encounter the presence of God. Week one of Assembly Required. Really excited about this series. In fact, I really think it's the next step for our follow series. Four weeks in a row after Easter, we talked about what it meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ, really foundational in our faith. You know, we've seen a couple thousand people give their life to Jesus just this year at Action Church alone, uh, and I really wanted to give us fundamental steps to follow Jesus. I think this is next steps after we have a foundational faith. I wanna ask this question to start. How many, how many Lego people do we have in here? Come on, you loved Legos growing up. You still love Legos. You steal your kids' Legos. I had two sons, or I have two sons, Bentley and Kingston. Um, You know, give or take, some days I want them and don't, you know what I mean? One of them's in here, love you son, you're amazing. Um, Bentley loved Legos, Kingston not so much. Bentley loved to build, Kingston loved to tear them down. I'm convinced, I'm convinced that if you loved Legos, you're also the same weird, twisted person that loves to put together Ikea furniture, and so, there's something to building something with, with, with Legos and you just love to be frustrated and just build stuff for no really purpose. And so there's some assembly required to Legos and to Ikea furniture. How many of you, come on dads or, or moms, uh, you used to buy stuff for your kids maybe for a birthday or for Christmas and you didn't realize when you purchased it how much assembly was required. You know what I mean? Anybody lost their salvation, cussed in front of their kids for the first time, putting together one of their toys. You know what I mean? Like, like I bought a bike. I want a bike delivered, like a bicycle. I don't need 74 million parts. I, I did not sign up to be a bike mechanic. I just want to provide my child a bike. Anybody like me that just gave up on some things that are Christmas gifts that have never been opened, you're like, this says like 74,000 parts. I'm good. Like it's just in a box, you'd be grateful for what you already have. There are kids that have way less than you. We're never opening this, it just sits. Because there's assembly required. I wanna talk through three stages over the next two weeks of of where we are in our assembly that God is building in our life. If we have followed Jesus, if we are a believer, there are three groups of us in this room. There's a fourth group, and we can settle that at the end of our time together today. If you're not on this platform, it's because you have not personally accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We're gonna give you that opportunity. Once you do, I wanna submit that we are in one of three stages. We're either in pieces, right here, 
And I think this is where we, where we all start. We are, we are put together, but it's, it's, it's not quite right. Like, this is what it would look like if I put together some Ikea furniture. Like, it's cracked. I think somebody put it over their knee right here. You know, just, I don't need this part. And so, we're, we're backwards. Everybody got there before? You're like, it's done. No, it's backwards, honey. Everything is backwards. It's fine. Paint it. The drawer doesn't open. You only need one drawer. And this is where a lot of us are. Just God's putting us together, but we're kind of still a little messed up. And over here, we've got the, the, the proper put together. I want you to hear that we're never perfect. Like outside of getting to heaven, the process of sanctification, like we're never gonna be perfect, but we can be properly put together so that we can function according to God's will and according to God's best. Here's what I, I, I've noticed when it comes to uh, assembly required. We're very good at noticing where everybody else is at the stage of their journey. Like we're really good, like, hey bro, you're in pieces. And let me, I, I have some ideas on how I can put you together. Hey, I, I noticed some things in your life that are a little bit off and I think we could adjust those. But what I found is when we look at our own life in these stages, sometimes we're clueless. Or sometimes we know and we're just, we're just overwhelmed. We don't know where to start. That's where I wanna take the next two weeks and, and give us a plan and some tools to get from pieces or from kinda messed up to not perfect but just properly put together. I wanna start by saying we all start here. And at this point, God has given us all that we need to become all that he has for us. But there is some assembly required. We gotta get out the instruction manual of God's word and his principles and begin to follow it piece by piece. We gotta get some tools in our, our tool belt to begin to put together all that God is calling us to be. Week one, we're gonna talk about that plan. As we talk about that plan, it's gonna be around the idea of our thinking. Week two, we're gonna talk about some tools that we need. It's gonna be around the idea of our emotions and our mental health. I wanna illustrate it this way. If the team could put it on the screen. I found this this week. It's called the behavior iceberg. The behavior iceberg. Let's start at the bottom. That's where we spent the last four weeks in our, in our follow series. We really got our, our beliefs and our values and the word of God and in our prayer life. We really got the foundation of what it means to, to lay down our nets, pick up our cross and follow Jesus, to really die to ourselves and say no to ourselves and surrender our foundation, our, our following to the Lord himself, Jesus Christ. So we've got the, the bottom two over the last four weeks. And if you missed those, you can, you can log on to our website and, and catch up. But here's where I wanna spend the next two weeks. Some assembly is required, and too many believers stop at beliefs and values. And they are foundational, but you don't stop building the house at the foundation. You see, what's gonna happen is we've got some results and behaviors, and we live in a lost and dying world, and people are looking at us. And if we just get beliefs and values without these next two, we'll never be the proper thing above the surface, what people see. Because like an iceberg, they only see results and behavior. So if we don't work on all four of these things below the surface, we'll never represent ourselves the right way above the surface. And so we've got to begin to, to focus on how we're thinking and what we're thinking and to deal with our emotions so that what comes out of the water, what comes out into the light 
is something that God is calling us to be proper and fulfilled and functional, not only for our own calling, but for those that are looking at us that were called to be a witness and an example. We need a plan. We need an instruction manual for our thinking. I wanna give that to you today. Romans chapter 12, verse two, in the New Living Translation, is don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We got some thoughts, we got some patterns, we got some, some thinking that needs to be changed if we're gonna allow God to transform us. If we're gonna allow our behavior and our, and our attitude and our habits to be different, we've got to change the way we think and the way we see things. It says then, after we allow God to change the way we think, then, only then, you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and it's pleasing and it's perfect. We need an instruction manual, a plan for our thinking. The first step, write this down if you're taking notes, is we need to reset our minds. We need a reset. Like we need a reboot. Like we got that spinning wheel of death on our Apple computer and we need to force quit some things and reset the programming. I don't know about you, but anybody here at Winter Park, Oviedo, Sanford, South Carolina, anybody need a redo in some things in life? Only about 47 people and everybody else is just perfect. Thank you. Thank you for blessing us with your presence. You're so humble, attentive. Anybody need a fresh start in some areas? Okay, 48. I won one over. Anybody need a mulligan? Come on, golfers, a mulligan? I'd call that the breakfast ball. Now, I was playing a few weeks ago with a, a, a really good golfer in our church, a competitive golfer, young guy, and uh, he's like, we're gonna hit one off the first day. I said, no, sir, we're not. I'm 36 and amateur, I'm hitting two. Like, I, I show up for the mulligan. Like, that's why I am here. We're gonna get off to a great start. How many of you need a reset? You, you need a mulligan. You need to do over. You need some hope in your life, a second chance. Pastor Eddie, we just got a lot of really holy people in here. I think the Bible called them Pharisees, and so... Come on, that's fun, that's funny, that's funny. Come on, you just need, you need to start over. Like you don't need to quit, you just need to reset. Like you don't need to quit what you're doing, you just need a nap. Like I'm quitting my job, no. Roger, just take a nap. I'm gonna kill these kids, no you're not, just take a nap. I'm gonna break all this furniture. The key to putting together Ikea furniture is just take a nap. It's gonna take you a couple days anyway. We need to reset. You have to turn it off, just reset it. Come on, the young people won't get this, but my generation and older, come on, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, you need to take that game out and just blow on a little bit. <laughs> Duck Hunt froze, you don't need to quit and go cry about it, just Put it back in. And by the way, Super Nintendo, I will own you at Mario Kart. Kids, you don't know nothing about that. I am your father. Bowser will destroy you with a red shell. Grand Prix is mine. The trophy lives at my house. We don't need to quit. We don't need to stop. We don't need to give up. We just need to reset. That's right. So my question to you is, what are you thinking about? What are the thoughts that are replaying in your mind? What are you obsessing over? What are you not getting over? What are you thinking about? How is your thought life? 
I wanna read a passage in Lamentations 3. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I've been there before, been there a lot in this, this last season. Lamentations 3. We gotta be careful the thoughts that we allow to repeat in our life. The author writes in verse 16, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he says, he has made me chew on gravel. He's talking about God. I don't know about you, I've never chewed on gravel, it doesn't sound fun. It's having a bad day. He's rolled me in the dust. Peace has been stripped away. And I forgot what prosperity is. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. Do you notice like in our pain, we get negative thoughts. We begin to make these like across the board statements. Everything is destroyed. I'll never get over this. My splendor, my joy, my happiness is gone forever. The thought of my suffering, verse 19, and homelessness is bitter beyond words. And here's where we get, verse 20. Just when we're depressed and we're anxious, we're overwhelmed with, the, with these thoughts in life, I will never forget this awful time. See, we serve an eternal God and we're called to have an eternal perspective, but our thoughts and our pain will keep us in a temporary prison. We'll never get out of this moment. I'll never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Verse 21 says, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. He said, I, I have some things to remember. He said, I, I dare to hope when I think about something different, not the gravel, not the dust, not the splendor being gone. When I think about it, he's gonna list them in just a moment. What he's saying here is, is I have a change in posture, I have a change in perspective when I change the way I think. So I wanna talk about our, our thinking today. I wanna give you three thoughts on our thoughts. Three thoughts on our thoughts. The first one, write this down, is our world, our world pollutes. Our world pollutes our thinking. Ephesians 4, verse 17 and 18 in the ESV, it says, now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. They're, they're, they're darkened, they're, they're polluted. We're, our thinking, we're just not seeing it clearly. Like we look at ourselves and we, and we see this, but we're actually here. Because we've allowed the world to, to pollute our, our perspective. We become to let our, our, our pain or the pain in this world begin to over, overwhelm us. One way it does it is it numbs us. You ever gotten in a really cold pool? Because come on, my kids love to swim like in February, and it's, it's, there's no there's nowhere you swim in February without a heated pool. Our pool is not heated, but Bentley and Kingston they'll jump in and they'll get in. Daddy, it's warm. Lips are blue, teeth chattering. It feels fine. It's because you've lost all feeling. You can't feel anything. My toe feels ice cold water. Not getting in. I'll throw you in. That's my new strategy, dads. Here's the new strategy: just stand out by the pool, throw them in the pool. You don't have to get in the pool. You're welcome. You're welcome, Fathering 101. Be here for Father's Day, Fathering 102. <laughs> Swimming in cold water, what about a, a, a hot tub? Come on, you ever gotten in a, in a hot tub? They're like, my, my face is red, you're sweaty, you're like, it's not that hot in here. No, it's really, really hot in here. Come on, you ever got in somebody else's car? And you're like, what does that smell? Here, who lives like this? 
And they're like, what? It's fine. Like, no, it smells like a middle school locker room. <laughs> when, we're, when we're in it for too long, we become numb to it. And some of us have allowed our thinking to be so polluted by the world that we're not even aware of how wrong it is. Oh, wow. I was watching a movie that I probably can't recommend as your pastor. It's called Rambo Last Blood. Sylvester Stallone just won't give up on this Rambo thing. But if you haven't seen it, it's basically Home Alone for adults. Because he's so old right now, he can no longer kill the bad guys. He just sets up booby traps for like an hour and a half. That's real. If you've seen the movie, you get it. Because he's 74 years old, and he kills literally every evil person in the world in this movie. It's amazing. In a really brutal and gruesome way. Please do not watch it with your children. I'm being serious. Do not watch it. We will not be in Lights, Camera, Action next year. But I remember the first few times he kills bad guys, you're like, oh, oh, wow, that was really gruesome. About 73 bad guys later, you're like, whoa, that head exploded. Because our, our brains become numb to what we put inside of them, and so many times we keep putting in the wrong things in our thoughts, and we wonder why we're getting the wrong things in our life. We put the pieces in the wrong spot, and we wonder why it doesn't work. Because what we input in our life will always affect our output. And sometimes we're numb to our own negative thoughts, our own worrying thoughts, our own painful thoughts. Sometimes we obsess over the pain. You become used to it, and it's all we think about, and it overwhelms us, and we become less functional and less productive. I wanna give you some mental health terms today to help with your, your thinking. We believe in the power of prayer at Action Church. We just had our Freedom Weekend and saw hundreds of people be set free from their past. And we believe that it starts there, the power of the Word of God and the power of prayer. But there are some steps that you and I are called to take. There's some assembly required when it comes to changing our thinking. And I wanna change our, our, our coping from passive coping to active coping. As we go through the, the journey of getting to the proper setting or the proper placement, there's gonna have to be some times where we're, we're coping well with the pain or with these thoughts. See, passive coping, a lot of us settle for passive coping. We just watch three or four or five hours or three or four or five days of Netflix or Hulu. Alcohol, maybe used in moderation. Food, just relaxing. All passive things. Now, there are some negative things that I did not mention that we should never do to cope in times where we're trying to allow God to to use us and to get better. And that would be things that are clearly sinful, like uh, addictions and relationships out of context and anything there. But active coping, like in the process, what if you began to, to read some things that would help you? First off, the Word of God, but other things, some, some seminars, some counseling, or counseling retreats are intensive, focusing on making changes in your life, just spending your time differently. Our world is numbing us or worrying us, and what if we allowed the Spirit of God and, to give us some active coping to get us through the meantime. Here's the second thing, second thought about our thoughts. Our problems, our problems, they confuse us. Our world pollutes and our, our problems confuse. Yep. Psalms chapter 10, verse one says, Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? See, our problems confuse us. They even give us the wrong picture of God. God is never hiding. God is never moving. He's stable. He's steady. He's faithful. 
And he's consistent. Why do you hide from me? God is not playing hide and seek. You ever gotten scared when your kids were, were hiding? Like they're, they're not, like they're not coming. I remember taking a road trip a couple years ago and my boys thought it'd be fun to hide from daddy at a gas station. In Tallahassee, by the interstate. Not funny. Two longest minutes of my life. I'm living like every like horror movie, like they're gone forever. I'm running around, I'm looking, I'm like running down the street, I'm like looking in the dumpster, I'm looking at cars like in the windows, they drive by, like they got them. Our problems confuse us. We start rehearsing this negative thought, what, what could happen, and I live a, a pretty safe and secure life. Nothing's ever happened to my boys, but I'm thinking everything that can be thought of. I am very confused in that moment. And then I do what you and I should do in our problems, in our pain. I invite somebody else into the situation. I go to the attendant and say, have you seen, I mean, I'm frantic, I'm sweating. Have you seen the two boys? Oh yeah, the two laughing back there, hiding in the closet. Turn the cameras off. You're not gonna wanna see what's about to happen to these two kids. Spoil the rod, spare the rod, spoil the child, that's gone. Some, just some Old Testament discipline up in here. Our problems confuse us and we begin to, to play out the worst case scenario. I lost years off my life in those two minutes. I got a bigger forehead and more gray hairs in those two minutes. It's less hair and gray hair, you get through a little slow. <laughs> worry, pain, our problems confuse us. See, worry does not remove the stress from today, but it does rob you from your strength for tomorrow. Wow. Like the situation is still gonna be there. And last time I checked, you and I are not God. Amen. And we're worrying and playing this God complex, like we're gonna fix it or we're gonna solve it. And our stress and worry, it does not help for today, but it does ruin tomorrow. Wow. We get to release some of those things to God. And allow him to have control. Our problems confuse us and make us focused on our, on our pain, our worry. And these problems, rightfully so, sometimes they produce some stress and some anxiety. We have to acknowledge that and we have to give it to God. Too many of us are pretending that we're not worrying about something. Maybe go back to point one, maybe we're numb. Maybe we've been stressed and worried and have to fix everything for so long that we don't realize how toxic and negative and how much it's affecting our life. You may say things like, I just don't sleep very well, but I'm fine. Well, maybe your body's saying, you got some problems with your thinking. You can't turn your brain off. Maybe you have not allowed God to come into that situation. Maybe you haven't gotten the proper medical or mental help. Maybe it's physical. There's some things you're thinking. Wrong thinking can destroy multiple areas of your life and relationship. In our pain, we try and solve our own problems. We gotta let people in. Have you noticed, when we said this before, actually, have you noticed you tell the best lies to yourself? And they're killing you. They're destroying your relationships. They're destroying your, your purpose and your future. We're stuck in one of these, these, these seasons or one of these settings because we, we just won't let it out. We gotta stop internalizing 
the internal lies that we're telling ourselves that are keeping us in bondage and captivity. And if you hear nothing else today, just, just stop being alone in your thoughts. One of the most dangerous places you can be is in the prison of your own thoughts. I say it this way, I believe it's a revelation for us this weekend. Talk it out. Come on, your problems, your pain, your situation, talk it out or it will take you out. Because when you don't talk about it, the enemy has you exactly where he wants you. Alone, isolated, nobody understands, nobody gets it. Nobody's ever felt like this before. Come on, Lamentations 3, I will never get past this. And when you internalize the internal lies, you give a foothold or a stronghold to the enemy to destroy you. That's why James 5 gives us a hope, gives us a, a promise, gives us a way out. 5 verse 16 says, confess, open up. Don't internalize, externalize them, express them. Confess your sins to each other, your struggles to each other, your hardships to each other, and pray with each other so that you may be healed. You gotta get it out. I love this right here. It says you may be healed. Notice the may and the be are not connected. Can we leave that on screen? Put that on screen, James 5. Let me show it. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you, not, not together, not could happen, not maybe, not possibly, but do that so that you may be healed. It's a promise, it's a declaration saying, if you let it out, God can heal it. God can't heal what you don't acknowledge. He can't heal what you hide. Holy Spirit is a gentleman. We have to give permission, we have free will, saying, no God, I give you access to this. I'm not internalizing it, I'm externalizing it, I'm expressing it. And what we do is we get rid of the lie. And there's a void left where the lie was in our head and the Holy Spirit is allowed as we talk it out to others, we realize that's really stupid. And then we get the word of God maybe with an encouragement or with a verse or with a sermon or a worship song and we replace that lie with the truth and now we're healed. Notice it says confess your sins one to another, your struggles one to another so that you may be healed. It doesn't say confess so you get great advice so their advice can heal you. It's the expression of the internal lies that brings about healing because it's the power of God. It's not in the counselor or the friend. They're just, they're just there. Because it would be weird to always talk to yourself. And then to help you and to hold you accountable and to point you back to healing. Psalms 10 says, why, O oh Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself? We're believing some lies. Say that out loud. Next time, you're in a struggle. You're in a tough spot. You're overwhelmed, you're anxious, you're depressed. God, why are you hiding from me? Wait a second. God's not hiding. God, why are you hiding from me? No, 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 no. God, what am I hiding from you? It's keeping me from all that you have for me. Renewing our thinking, he's resetting our thinking, he's changing our thinking. Our problem's confused, but here's the third one, the third thought about our thoughts. Our God, our God renews. He renews. Let's go back to Lamentations. Let's finish this passage as we close out this morning. Verse 21, let's start there. Yet I still dare to hope. That's my prayer. Whatever you've been thinking, whatever you've been doing, whatever stage you're at, if you're in pieces, and hey, I didn't say this first service, but maybe you've been here before, 
and some things in your life have caused you to start over. Maybe it used to be proper and figured out, now it feels like it's in pieces. I believe this verse is for you. I still dare to hope. When I remember this, that the faithful love of the Lord never ends. People's love ends, but God's does it. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. You're faithless, you're unfaithful, he remains faithful. Look at this, his mercies begin afresh each morning, like they're new. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. Not in others, not in my circumstances. The Lord is my inheritance, eternity is my home, so my hope is in him. There's two things that can keep us in wrong thinking. It's worrying about tomorrow and living in yesterday. One of my sons was really, really afraid of Halloween a few years back. And let's be honest, Halloween's pretty scary to a kid when a bunch of adults who they thought were their friends and support system dress up in scary things and yell at them. Like just a little bit, I don't care where you stand spiritually, or should we or should we not celebrate Halloween? Like I, I get how we got there, you know what I mean? Like it's scary. And I remember him asking me starting, starting at about August 15th, let's call it. Hey daddy, is Halloween tomorrow? No son, it's August. I know we're kind of new on this calendar thing. We got time. August 16th, it's Halloween tomorrow, 17th. It's Halloween tomorrow, 18th. It's Halloween tomorrow, September 5th. It's Halloween tomorrow, September 15th. It's Halloween tomorrow. Well, about October 1, we started leaving out the question, Halloween tomorrow. He said, hey dad, is it tomorrow? Nobody, it's not tomorrow, it's today. He said, no, is it tomorrow? Nobody, it's not tomorrow, it's today. Too many of us, silly example, too many of us are living our life Hey, is that happening tomorrow? Is that when it all falls apart? Is that when the diagnosis comes in? Is that when they leave me? Is that when they betray me? Is that happening tomorrow? And we live our life worrying about tomorrow when we have a promise that God has mercies for today. He doesn't say I have mercies for you tomorrow. He's there, but you and I aren't. Our future's in his hands, but our present is given us mercies by him to accomplish what he's calling us to accomplish today. We cannot get here without walking through here. Too many of us are worrying about the future and God say, no, I've given you the grace and the mercy and the resource and the provision for today. We're so stressed about what could be that we never enjoy what actually is. thinking about what's next and we're missing out on what's now. God, when I, when I get there, I'll be. You will never get to where God has for you if you don't develop what he's trying to do with you right now. This furniture is built one step at a time. You don't just open the box and get to the proper placement. Too worried about the future. Wrong thinking pattern. The other one is we're living in our past and you can never get all that God has for you living in your past. Let me say it like this, your past, come on, somebody needs to catch this. Your past will always be your present. 
until you present it to God. Like, God, here's my past. Here's where I fell short. Here's what they said about me. Here's my trauma. Here's my abuse. Here's, here's my, here's everything. Too many of us are living in the rearview mirror. We're repeating the same story. I got a confession to make. Confession is good for the soul. There will be healing. I've never finished an entire book except for the Bible. I don't know if you know this. I'm pretty ADD. Shocker. Get about page 100. I'm like, this is super boring. Next. Too many of you aren't finishing the book, aren't finishing the story God has for you because you keep rereading and rewriting the same chapter. Jesus died for it. It may not be easy. You may need some counseling. You may need some freedom. You may need some deliverance. You may need friends. You may need new relationships. You may need a lot of resources, but you have to allow God to turn the page. And it starts by the way you think about who he is, what he's done, and what he has for you. We gotta take our dependence off of ourselves and onto God. Lamentations 3 verse 25 says, the Lord is good to those who depend on him. Key to our thinking is to stop being so independent and allow others in, to stop being so independent and more importantly, allow God in. Give him access. Come on, Matthew 11, it says this. Let's close with this. Close like 13 times. Then Jesus said, come to me, all, you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Some of you carry some heavy burdens in your thinking. And I, I will give you rest. We learned a lot of principles today. But if we don't start with the idea of giving Jesus access, bringing it to him, exchanging our burdens for his sacrifice, our, our burdens for his peace, that we're gonna get the steps out of order. So let's start with that first step today at all of our locations, every head bowed, every eye closed. I wanna give you that opportunity. I wanna give you that opportunity to be purchased today. It's what Jesus did on the cross. He purchased you and me. God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die in your place. You need to know he lived a perfect life so that he could die a sinner's death. It's important because an unholy people could not be reconciled to a holy God. And that reconciliation demanded a sacrifice. That's what Jesus was. And his life gave him access to do that because he was perfect. Required a, spot, a spotless, without blemish, lamb of God. That's what Jesus was. He modeled a perfect life so he could die a sinner's death. What does that mean? The cross gives you and I access to forgiveness, to grace, to mercy, to our very salvation. He substituted himself in our place. We got his righteousness. He took our sin and shame. What that means is God, the Father, no longer sees you as you are, but sees you as he sees his son, Jesus. The story doesn't stop there. Three days later, he rose from the grave. It's important because that resurrection gave us victory over sin and the grave. That we can walk in power and that death is no longer the end. He purchased you. Today, he wants to start that journey with you beginning to put the pieces together, but you have to give him permission. How do you do that? You surrender your life to his leading. 
What does that mean? Everything. Every relationship, every thought. Your will to his will. Romans says it like this, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that he is Lord, we believe the power of the living God raised Jesus from the dead, we can be saved. I'm gonna give you that opportunity right now to confess him as Lord of your life, complete control. Come on, some of you is for the first time ever. Others of you, today's the day of a recommitment. You're starting over. Maybe life's happened, maybe something's happened, brought you back to church, you've walked aisles, you've prayed prayers, but today you know it's your day to recommit your life and give Jesus access to leading everyone. That's you, Winter Park, Sanford, Oviedo, South Orlando, worshiping online. So Pastor Justin, count me in when you pray. I want to confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm being purchased by Him today. For the first time, or come on by recommitting your life for the first time in a long time. Would you raise your hand right where you are? Say, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, just on the floor. Stadium, several more on the right. See you in the middle, proud of you. Come on. Sanford, two or three more down here. Gotcha, yeah. Oviedo, going down at South Orlando. Probably if somebody's worshiping with their friends and family in their living room, maybe sitting in a car by themselves right now. The Spirit of God is speaking to you. You're gonna allow Him to begin to assemble you today in the proper way as you're giving Him control. Proud of you. Put your hands down. If you raised your hand, pray this in your hearts. I pray it out loud. Say something like this. Say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you. I really thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm saved only by your grace. And I am confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you are the Lord and I'm giving you that place today, complete and total control. God, have your way in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And God, I pray for all of us that we recognize there's some there's some assembly required in our life. Holy Spirit, we give you access. Give us clarity where the world is polluted. God, give us, give us peace and healing where our problems or our pain has confused us. And I pray today that our minds will be renewed, our lives will be transformed because Holy Spirit, we're gonna allow you to change the way we think, the way we process, the way we filter. In Jesus' name, we love you. Praise you in this place. Everybody at Action Church said amen and amen. Church, can we celebrate all of the decisions? Come on, really celebrate them. Come on.